0: Whoa. Undefeated ACC champion Florida State just got left out of the college football playoff. How are we feeling about that? You are Locked On Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to AllHurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Even on a Sunday, we are here with you wherever you get your podcasts live right now on our YouTube channel. You can listen back to the audio version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app. And yeah, we're with you. For those who are watching us live, we are on just seconds after the top four was announced, I was waiting for that announcement to come down before we went live. We knew somebody was going to feel hard done by this, right? Some buddies, at least two teams would feel hard, hard done by this final top four. So Michigan at number one, undefeated Big Ten champions. You know, they were hovering right around number one, number two, number three most of the year. Washington, rightfully so, gets in at number two. I mean, two victories over Oregon this year, good strength of schedule, Pac-12 champions, undefeated conference champions. Texas gets in at number three. Now, I agree with this, okay? And I'm so glad the committee at least got this part of it right, where the Longhorns get in above the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama also got in. But my thinking for the past week has been, if the college football playoff committee were to put Bama in, As a one loss conference champion and not Texas as a one loss conference champion with a head to head win over Alabama, that would have been probably the worst injustice they could have committed. They did not commit that injustice. Texas gets in at number three and Alabama, one loss SEC champion, gets in at number four. I think one of the most surprising things here, and I'm happy because I think they got this right, are the Georgia Bulldogs not getting in. Now, it comes down to the whole argument of, quote-unquote, best four teams versus most deserving teams. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm sure Kirby Smart is going to be saying, you know, for the next several months, he's going to be whining and complaining about, oh, how can you not say we're one of the four best teams in college football? We had this, was it a 29-30 game winning streak? We won the previous two national titles. I say, you know what? Tough. It's about this year. Right? I didn't believe that in the case of Georgia, they should have put them in based on their resume for the past three years when it's a one-year thing. And in this one year, not only did Georgia not win their conference championship, they have one loss. So I agree with Georgia being left out. Georgia ended up being number six. So they're out of the party at top four. Um, so, yes – uh, I think the Florida State fans have a bigger complaint than the Georgia fans. The Georgia fans will cry and complain about, oh, we were one of the best four teams. How can you say we're not one of the top four teams? In the case of Florida State, <laughs> you've got, for the first time ever, never happened before, in 10 years of the four-team college football playoff, you've never had an undefeated Power Five conference champion left out. And Florida State are the ones who get left out. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this. I know that... One of the things that Miami fans have said to me is, you know what, I would kind of be upset if Florida State gets left out as they just did, because what does that say about the way the committee values the ACC? Like the ACC is not going to if this could happen to Florida State, it could happen to us. Well, here's the thing. That's kind of a moot point, because from next year on, they go to a 12 team field so obviously if it was a 12 team field Florida State would not be left out they would be the fifth seed out of a 12 seed deal so this is this is the last time that something like this can happen and look I I despise the ACC as much as any Miami fan does or any Miami fan should but if you're worried about the precedent that's being set of an undefeated ACC champion getting left out we don't really have to worry about that because it's, you know, from here on out, it's going to be 12, team, who knows, 10 years from now, it could be a 2014 college football playoff. So this is never going to happen again. And the reason why this happened, and listen, I will say one thing. I will say one thing. And I know it's it's easy to kick Florida State when they're down because we're, I'm a Miami fan. I have no love loss for Florida State. But I will say that if, if Miami were in their shoes and – Miami got left out under the same circumstances. I'd be upset. I would complain. I, I, you know, can you imagine locked on Canes would be locked on complaining for the next few weeks if Miami got left out in a similar circumstance? But the logic behind the College Football Playoff Committee on this, and this is part of their selection criteria, uh, when you talk about best teams, and this is one of the outlined scenarios. When you've got a team in Florida State's case that is missing a, a key ingredient, a key player like Jordan Travis, that does hurt their power ranking. And so the committee clearly decided that 13-member committee in Grapevine, Texas, after kind of crunching their data and you know talking it out in a room, debating like a jury, they decided, you know, Florida State with either Tate Rodamaker or, you know, that that bum who threw for 55 yards against Louisville with one of those guys. Can they beat anybody else in the field? No, that was the ultimate decision they came to is that even if Florida State is quote unquote deserving, we can't take that offense without Jordan Travis seriously enough to think that they should be one of the four teams who get into this playoff. And yeah, caveman talk. I certainly I didn't forget about the time the BCS left us out. So if anything, maybe this is payback for that. You remember when the BCS in 2000 gave Florida State a gift they put Florida State in the national championship game, despite having a loss to Miami. Both were one-loss teams. Miami beat Florida State head-to-head. Florida State got in. Miami didn't. So maybe this is, this is payback 23 years in the making. 23 years in the making, we finally get payback. So listen, this was, I would argue, what they just had to do this morning. Uh, was probably the toughest job in 10 years this CFP committee has has ever had. I know that there were a couple of questions what the first year of the CFP, there were a couple of interesting questions that they had to consider. but this one, you know, try to because you know outside of we knew coming into today that Michigan and Washington were basically locks. Anybody else? those spots were up for grabs. So you knew whether it was Florida State or Texas, in this case, you know Georgia as well, someone was going to feel hard done and complaining about this. I think they did right by the Longhorns. And I said this uh, the other day, if Alabama got in, in my opinion, Texas would also have to get in and would have to be a spot above Alabama because of the head to head. The games matter. Like the games have to matter, right? And so at least the committee got that part right. Uh, ooh, that would be spicy, Katie, if Texas were to go on and win the whole thing. Uh, by the way, uh, throughout transfer portal season and this busy month of December when it comes to recruiting, all this portal movement, all this college football playoff talk, we go live here on Locked on Canes as often as we can. We are live right now. If you're watching this at 1235 p.m. on Sunday, smash that like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and if you listen back to the replay that's fine. I know maybe you're you're off with your families. You're getting ready for the NFL games on this Sunday. I will be watching the Miami Dolphins-Washington Commanders game at 1. So I do have a full day of NFL uh, planned as well. But we appreciate you guys being here. Make sure to smash that like button and subscribe to our channel. And so, all right, the top four just came down from the college football playoff committee. Michigan number one, Washington number two, Texas at number three, Alabama number four with Florida State as the first team out at number five, and Georgia, to the surprise of a lot of people, gets left out at number six. Uh, JPZ is asking if I have my spatula. I still, my spatula, is uh, it's in the dishwasher right now. I'm getting ready to to bring out my spatula, pat, spatula hopefully this week. And you know what? I do want to talk some Miami Hurricanes recruiting on the other side. So the Florida Gators recently lost a commitment from four-star defensive lineman Kendall Jackson who's from Gainesville. That hurts. (laughs) A Gainesville, Florida, high school standout player who had been committed to the Florida Gators, just decommitted from Florida yesterday, and Miami is very much after Mr. Jackson. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about C.J. Bailey as well, the Chaminade quarterback, and I want to answer some questions from you guys because you guys have been chiming in on our Locked on Canes Insiders chat. If you want to join and check it out, uh, you can do one-on-ones with me on there. You get text messages directly from my phone to your phone and vice versa. Uh, click the link below to try it free for 14 days, the Locked on Canes Insiders chat. And a lot of times the questions you guys ask me there can get answered on shows. We got some really good ones I want to answer. We'll be sifting through the live chat as well. And yes. See, my guy fresh is already hitting us with the fresh stats. Kendall Jackson, 12 sacks this year at Buck Holtz high school in Gainesville. Uh, if Miami can get a commitment from him. I'll tell you who Miami's competing with, by the way, because I think it's probably going to be about a two-team race for Kendall Jackson. Good afternoon to G.A. Kane fan as well. You guys, what you want to do is you want to keep it locked right here. We're only getting started on this special Sunday live episode of Locked on Canes, Folks, if you're a small business owner, you know that when you're hiring, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within the first 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making this live episode of Locked On Canes your first listen today on a on a Sunday. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and available free on YouTube. Uh, if you are watching us live, make sure you hit up that live chat. Ola, Rob, Les. hello. I think you're right about this. Fresh, uh, Fresh is doing a lot of my Kendall Jackson scouting even before I have a chance to do it here. Talking about him being potentially 300 pounds by the time he hits college, and so okay, uh, four star defensive lineman. Kendall Jackson had been a long-time Florida Gators commit. We know they've had a lot of uh, uh, their coaching staff defensively has very much been in flux, and Jackson decided to back away from his Florida commitment. Now, I believe, and this could change, but you know, we're against the clock here because National Signing Day is coming up on December 20th, and Kendall Jackson, by the way, he does plan to be someone who signs his national letter of intent on December 20th, and he will early enroll At the school of his choice, right? There are some questions about that with Justin Scott. We don't expect Justin Scott to be an early enrollee, so he may not sign until February. That's the big commit that Miami flipped the five star defensive tackle. But in the case of Kendall Jackson, December signee, early enrollee wherever he decides to go. And I am of the understanding that as of right now, it seems like a Miami versus Mississippi State battle for Kendall Jackson's signature. And it's funny. The way that this has been reported on Jackson, so Jackson, he decommits from Florida yesterday, and this headline starts to go out there that Miami is now in contact with Jackson, as if like Mario Cristobal was waiting for him to decommit to get into contact. Let me tell you something, folks. They have never stopped contact with Jackson, uh, the same way Miami never stopped their contact with Justin Scott, the same way they never stopped their contact with Mark Fletcher last year when he was committed to Ohio State and he eventually flipped to Miami. So the contact has been going on between Miami and Jackson all along. Now, I'm sure that that contact is intensifying now that he's, you know, back on the uh, the recruiting market, so to speak. And this is a player um, the first word that comes to mind with Jackson, and this is one of the reasons why I think Lance Gidry is really going to want him and why Joe Salavea and Jason Taylor are going to be big time in his recruitment, is he's very versatile. Uh, you know, Jackson, he, he is big enough to play on the interior. He's explosive enough. He's got enough motor and speed and twitch to play on the edge. Just from a versatility standpoint, I'm not, you know, comparing the level of player directly or anything like that, but just from a versatility standpoint, he reminds me a little bit of Reuben Bain because Kendall Jackson can play so many roles uh, on a Miami defense. He's 6 foot 4, probably a little over 250 right now, but everyone that I talk to seems to think that Jackson at 6 foot 4, 250 can, t- can continue to grow into that frame and get bigger. Like, you remember Reuben Bain last year. Bain was, I think he was around 250, 255 when he got to Miami. And then by the time, you know, the season was about to start, he was 270 plus. I think Kendall Jackson can put his body through a similar type of transformation. And, you know, our friend Larry Bluestein, our boy Blue, who, you know, watches more, in-person high school football than anybody because i I can watch kendall jackson film all day never watched him in person larry Bluestein has scouted him in person brian smith our pal has scouted him in person as well and i asked Bluestein about him today and he thinks that his jackson's best position at the college level is going to be interior defensive line so that's going to be something he's probably going to grow into all right Uh, And so, yeah, uh, this is it would be hilarious if he ends up in in Miami's class because this kid is from Gainesville. He was committed and Miami's gotten some good ones from Gainesville over the years. Clinton Portis, Lamar Thomas, those guys were from Gainesville, Florida. They ended up at Miami. Uh, Maybe Miami can do the same thing with Kendall Jackson. And uh, (laughs) I'm going to throw a party FSU karma for two thousand. (laughs) guys make sure i want every everybody who's watching this or listening to this right now make sure you're all over that on social media like i just and and obviously listen florida state had a much better season than miami they beat miami head to head i get it we can only trash talk them so much but on social media if you want to really push that karma thing how Florida State is now paying for what they did to Miami in 2000 when they got into the BCS championship game when Miami should have gotten in over them? If you guys want to continue to play that, I I would not uh, I would not complain about that whatsoever. And yeah, it's a fresh. I agree with you on this with Kendall Jackson. I think he's going to be. Probably around 300 pounds by June, uh, or close to that, maybe 275, 280 range, something like that. And yeah, one of our, uh, one of our listeners did ask me about that. Our guy Derek in Nashville, who's an everydayer, he says, would love to hear about Gators defensive line commit Kendall Jackson. I think we talked about him quite a bit. Maybe Miami versus Mississippi State for him. He says I would also love to hear about C.J. Bailey. So C.J. Bailey, that's the Shamanade quarterback. That Miami just offered within the last month or so. But he's been committed to NC State since back in March. I think the only question to me as to whether or not Miami can flip CJ Bailey, who is six foot seven. And for a guy that tall and that big, CJ Bailey runs uh, a, a certified 48 40 yard dash, which is pretty darn good for a six foot seven human being. He's got some shiftiness, he can move, he can run. Um, and, you know, with CJ, he's only a three-star recruit, only a three-star. Uh, I think a, a couple of the perceived knocks on him are that his his throwing mechanics are are maybe not prototypical. He's got a little bit of like a, a sidearm type of windup. I think that people take a little little bit off for that. And I think also, fair or unfair, probably unfair, I think people take a little bit away from CJ Bailey as a prospect only because he's got arguably the best high school wide receiver room in the country to throw to. I mean, he's got the best guy, Jeremiah Smith, and one of the best guys in Jojo trader, who's a Miami commit. And people seem to like penalize to him for throwing to great players. But I'll tell you, man, the Chaminade games that I've watched this year, and this is the year Bailey has really, really blossomed in the senior year. Like he's got some big 300 plus yard games against some of the toughest defenses in the area and in the country. Um, So I'm not going to penalize him for having a lot of talent to throw to, because guess what? He's done an amazing job spreading the football out to that talent, maximizing that talent, because guess what? Jeremiah Smith wouldn't be putting up numbers like he's putting up in high school if not for the quarterback who's got to throw him the football and get it to him. Same thing with Jojo Trader. And I've seen Bailey score some big touchdowns and move the chains with his legs as well. So it's not as if he's like, you know tossing it one yard to jeremiah smith and then jeremiah is going off for 60 70 yards like cj bailey he is doing his part and he looks the part he's a leader i think he's got a great personality so i think the question with him is did miami get into it too late right because when north carolina state continues to recruit bailey and they're going to try to close the deal you know in a few weeks on national signing day they're going to be telling him like hey where, where, where was Miami three months ago? Where were they six months ago, nine months ago? You you verbally committed to us, you know, what was it, 10, 11, 9, nine 10 months ago is when he verbally committed to NC State. We've been here for you. Miami got into the game late. How come they didn't appreciate your talents back when we did? But then from a Miami standpoint, like you can say, my friend, you earned that offer, right? Because you've had an unbelievable senior year. You're a South Florida kid. Why not stay home and why not play with some of your best friends? JoJo Traders, Aquan Patterson, you know, Miami's not giving up on trying to flip Jeremiah Smith. And let me say something on that. Miami's going to have an in-home visit. That was confirmed yesterday by On3. Miami is going to have an in-home visit with Jeremiah Smith. I hope Mario shines those loafers. That's going to be a big one. You're going in-home with JJ. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. By the way, today... Uh, Jamila Dai is going in home with Zay Mincy. I hope Miami can close that one, but at some point Mario's gonna have that in home with Jeremiah Smith. <laughs> Where are your finest loafers, Mario. If you want to like buy some new loafers, three 400 but I don't know how much loafers cost like maybe if you get like Versace loafers or Armani loafers just wear the finest loafers you can find go into that Jeremiah Smith living room and close that deal. all right? What's going on in the room? So someone says, Dono, read the room. Okay, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry, El Sunado. I start to get distracted going on my own uh, tangents here. <laughs> Most people are just making fun of Florida State. Oh, I love it. I love it. And by the way, I wanted to say something else recruiting-wise, okay? Um, we need to take a few seconds here, if not a few minutes, to give some appreciation to Big Joe Salovea. Big Joe has been, I think, unfairly dogged by a lot of Miami fans just based on the type of players at defensive tackle Miami has tried to recruit and had come up short in. And a lot of people are like, oh, wait, so Camarian Franklin didn't want to come here. David Stone decided not to come here. Uh, Aiden Breeland decided not to come here. Big Joe must not be able to recruit. What is this guy doing? Like, I I can't tell you how many complaints I have gotten uh, over, you know, the last year or so about Coach Joe Salavea. We need to give this man some credit, okay? Because the stories are coming out about why Justin Scott decided to flip to Miami uh, within the last few days. And so much credit to Joe Salavea. Big Joe was instrumental in his recruitment. I can tell you with 1000% certainty that big Joe was instrumental in Artavius Jones's recruitment. And I believe Miami has, you know, they, they've uh, Florida, Florida state. I don't believe is a flip to, is a, is a threat to flip Artavius Jones anymore. I think he's locked into the university of Miami, big Joe. if you're going to like, if you're going to blame him for when the Kamarian Franklins and the, uh, you know, the Aiden Breelands of the world and the David Stones decided to go somewhere else. You need to realize this This man is he's pulling his weight on his recruiting trail. I wanted to give Joe Salovey a credit because I don't think he gets nearly enough credit from our fan base. And absolutely, Jason Taylor deserves credit as well, because Miami's got a crazy defensive end class coming in. And, you know, Jason Taylor, he was up in Chicago last weekend or this week. I mean, it's only Sunday still. he He's been up in Chicago sealing the deal for Marquise Lightfoot. And Marquise Lightfoot has shut down his recruitment. He's no longer taking visits and taking inquiries from other programs. So Jason Taylor helped uh, help shut that one down. So I wanted to give uh, Big Joe Salovea some credit. Um, I want to talk about, oh, and, and Giant Ninja, you're right about this. Now, here's the thing. Jeremiah Smith, he's pissed about some of the, like, ignorant and racist and just horrific comments from OSU Uh, you know, message boards, people, and some ignorant comments from OSU YouTubers. I just I I don't I don't know. I don't know for sure if Jeremiah is like does he hold that against Ryan Day? Like, does he hold that against the program? Uh, you know, you could say, well, if the fan base is rotten, why should he play there? I mean, listen, there are obviously some really, really awful people on Ohio State message boards, okay. Um, but does he necessarily judge that entire fan base and that entire program based on like the worst common denominator of like terrible, terrible people that uh, that go on these message boards? And by the way, thank you eight one eight who says I apologize to Coach Show because uh, I was one I was one of those, and now I give him credit absolutely. All right, so guys, when we come back, um, I want to, and we're going to find out at some point today. And hey, listen, since we're on live, if you guys see something that I haven't seen about, you know, maybe a a bowl game getting like announced or reported for Miami, let me know. I have a pretty good idea where Miami's going to end up and who they're going to play. But at this time, it's not 100% set in stone. So let's talk about bowl matchups here when we come back. My friends, you know what you want to do. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Guys, it is an NFL Sunday, and if you're watching this live, it's not too late to lock in your bets. Even when the games start, you can bet live on games. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads player props over unders and more so visit fanduel.com locked on and kick off that nfl season fanduel official partner of the nfl thank you so much for making this live episode of locked on canes your first listen today we're available free wherever you get your podcasts available free on youtube and man this is crazy isn't it smu smu is going to a big six or new year six bowl Credit to Rhett Lashley. He's doing awesome things there. Uh I thought I thought Tulane was going to sneak out a win in that game yesterday, but SMU pulled it off. They had an incredible season. They really, really did. Um, so all right, this is this is what we're looking at as far as the, the final projections for Miami's bowl matchup. Uh Brady Crawford, sorry, Brad Crawford of 24 7 Sports projects Miami versus Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. That's on December 29th. El Paso, I hear, is very nice this time of year. Jerry Palm from CBS projects Miami versus Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, Miami versus Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. Mark Schleyback from ESPN actually projects Miami versus Rutgers in the Pinstripe Bowl. We've been there before. did not go well for us against Wisconsin. Kyle Bonagura from ESPN projects Miami versus Oregon State in the Sun Bowl. Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. Projects Miami versus Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Bill Bender from the sporting news projects Miami versus UCLA in the holiday bowl. Is that the one the holiday bowl's out west somewhere, right? Is that in is that in Northern California? I think uh, so you you'd kind of be at least closer to UCLA's home turf. If you were to play out there, that would be interesting. Um, maybe the, whoever wins that game gets Dante Moore. Right? Either either sticks with, uh, with UCLA or he comes to Miami. Winner, winner takes Dante. I'm down for those stipulations, man. Um, Steve Lassen from Athlon Sports predicts Miami versus Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Uh, Bleacher Report predicts Miami versus Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Eric Smith from USA Today predicts Miami versus Georgia Southern in the Gasparilla Bowl. Fire that dude! Who if if Miami were to play Georgia Southern in the uh, the Gasparilla Bowl, literally no one would watch. <laughs> The families of our players may not watch that. I kid. I know. I know that there there is a lot of player parents who watch the show. You know, I'm joking. I I love you all. You support your kids, and it's it's heartwarming to me. I am a father, so I understand it. But man, Miami versus Georgia Southern in the Pinstripe Bowl. That is not it. That is not it. Uh, Okay. So oh, okay. So that that's um. So that Holiday Bowl. That's in San Diego. Okay, San Diego. Oh yeah. You know what? It's only a few weeks away. If we were to end up, I don't think it's gonna. Ha- I think it's probably gonna be Sun Bowl, maybe Pinstripe, probably Sun Bowl. But if it is the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, I would not mind traveling out to that one. Okay, that that's uh, I'd much rather go there than El Paso. I mean, I wouldn't mind going to New York City either for the Pinstripe Bowl. But yeah, listen, um, you know, or Oregon State um, w- would playing against those guys be you know as exciting? And yeah, Martin, they they lost uh, DJ Weungalale. I mean, but I mean. Probably like 60% of the teams that play in bowl games, you know, outside of the teams that are like in the playoffs in the New York six bowls. A lot of teams do not have the quarterback who started for them, nor does Miami. Like you think about it, if you're not in a new year six or a college football playoff game, how many teams are not going to have their normal starting quarterback? Because almost everybody's in the portal and a lot of the ones who aren't in the portal are, uh, you know, getting ready maybe to try to go pro and whatnot. So there's going to be a lot of teams in those bowl games that do not have their regular starting quarterback. And uh, yeah, I'm from New York City. Fresh rights. I will go to that game, the pinstripe bowl. Oh man. Miami versus FAMU. <laughs> I want to win, not a big name. Of bowl. I don't know if FAMU is bowl eligible though, fam. <laughs> Georgia Southern would be about as close as you could get to playing, uh, to playing FAMU in that bowl game. All right, guys. So Real quick, l- let me throw some shout-outs and then uh you know, I do I do need to watch uh, the NFL in a few minutes because I'm actually for, for those who are interested, because I know there is some crossover, if you're listening to this, watching this right now, and you happen to be a Miami Dolphins fan, I do host uh NFL post-game shows on 560 WQAM in Miami. So I'm gonna be watching the Dolphins Commanders game and I'm gonna be talking about it uh four o'clock on AM 560 Sports WQAM in South Florida. So let me throw a few shout outs here. Uh, L. Sunado, hello. Hello to our guy, GA Kane's fan. Oh, yeah, they lost their coach too. That's a good point. Hello to Ralph. Hello to Roger. Hello to Katie. And I love how, by the way, since we've been doing these lives the last week or so, I see so many of the same people in here. So thank you guys are everydayers. Like you guys and girls are everydayers. I appreciate seeing you so often. Uh, hello to Roger. Hello to. Geraldo, uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of your uh, your work on television, Geraldo. I know it's not the same, Geraldo. Corny joke, I'm sorry. Hello to NT. Hello to Les. Hello to our guy, Martin. Hello to Reek Flair. Hello to the Giant Ninja, who's another everydayer. And By the way, also, a lot of the everydayers that I see in here are also members of our Locked on Canes Insiders chat. You can click the link in the show description below to try it free for 14 days, uh, and then if you like it, after 14 days, you can opt in for 4.99 a month. Or if you don't like it, you can opt out. I, w- I won't take it personally if you opt out, but try it out. It also could make a nice holiday gift, right? You got you got 4.99 for this month laying around, and you want to check out Locked On Canes Insiders. Not a bad uh, not a bad thing to do. Hello to Brian. Hello to Alan. Uh, hello to Nassau Jones. It's another uh, every day, or I see him all the time. Hello to Robbie Dukes, how are you? Hello to, uh, oh, I saw Rocky McMillan in there. Hold on, I, I uh, hello to Nate, hello to Nathan, hello to eight one eight. All right, so everyone, make sure on your way out, smash that like button, subscribe to Locked On Canes on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version, fantastic. Take us with you wherever you go. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Canes. And oh, hello, hello Jarrell Cooper. Hello, Andy, and guys, make sure you, after you watch Locked On Canes on YouTube, make sure you watch Locked On Sports Today. It's a 24-7 streaming sports channel, courtesy of the Locked On Network. Just search Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. The fun never stops. Literally, streaming 24 freaking hours a day, you know, people like me and other local and national experts weigh in on Locked On Sports Today. Thank you so much, George, for being here. Thank you so much, Rocky, for being here. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, If I didn't get you in a shout-out, I apologize. Uh, But we will talk to you guys next time, tomorrow for sure, if not later today. Brian Smith from – actually, no, we're definitely not coming on later today because I'm on Dolphins duty the rest of the day. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. Brian Smith, my colleague at allhurricanes.com, is going to join us for another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.